And welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and this week it's all about America. America. America, as they say. Um, I guess I could have done this episode next week, because that's when the 4th of July actually is, but, um, and I guess this is just like a tease maybe for next week. If all goes to plan, we might be having an extra special guest on The Good Vanilla, so looking forward to that. Uh, And that's all I'll say. It's not Ina Garden. I'll spoil it for you. Can't get Ina yet. Maybe one day. (laughs) But uh, what else is happening in my life? Um... We celebrated my dad's birthday and Father's Day. He's born on the 21st of June, and sometimes it does fall on Father's Day. So, But we usually have like a combined celebration uh, to, you know, kind of just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and do it all in one day. It was great. Uh, I love a picnic, especially with family. It felt good. I feel like it had been a long time since I've been at a picnic with my family, which sounds crazy because I... I don't know. What what was I doing last summer? I'm sure I'd... I know that we, we typically always kind of divide and conquer for the 4th of July, but um, either way, this is boring. I don't know where I'm going with all this. Um, but we had... We did have fried chicken and rigatoni at my dad's uh, uh, birthday slash Father's Day event. Uh, it was his request. And, um, and my mom put... It was a store-bought cake. But she put, uh, which was, uh, my dad loves white cake and white icing, which frankly, I do too. I mean, I'm always going to be a chocolate guy, no matter what. Like, let's let's get that out of the way right now. But I do love a good vanilla, ha, huh, the good vanilla. I love a good vanilla cake. I mean, even if it's like, I have, I'm very picky about my store-bought cakes though, even though store-bought is fine. I'm just like whizzing through all of Ina's uh, catchphrases here. Um... But I don't love, like, sugary, thick frosting. But I don't love, like, whipped frosting. I mean, I'll eat anything you put in front of me, but let, let's be honest. But I um, I like it when it's just right. I don't know. If, does that make sense? If you know, you know, I feel. But anyway, um, it was white cake with white icing. And my mom put Hershey Kisses on the cake. And I got to tell you, it was a delightful surprise. I actually thought it came like that. And I was, it looked, she, like, made it really nice. And um, it was really delicious. And, like, the it was, like, hot enough where, like, the, the Hershey Kisses were kind of soft. You know what I mean? They were, like, room temp. Um, so it was great. A uh, high recommend for anyone who wants to jazz up a store-bought cake. So, yeah, Ina's not the only one elevating uh, classic American dishes this week, huh? Uh, Deb Kachanov is doing it, too. Okay? Um, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, and I, I guess that's a good that's a good segue here. We'll, we'll use that. I got... Uh, Uh, to get into our episode. So this is Back to Basics, Cook Like a Pro, Season 14, Episode 8, American Classics. That's a mouthful, but I gotta say it. Anyway, Ina begins. It's all about American classics with the volume turned up. First, an awesome updated grilled New York strip steak and a crunchy iceberg salad with a creamy blue cheese dressing. Then, foolproof buttermilk fried chicken. I've tried a new way, and it really works. I'm making delicious shortcut peanut butter and fudge ice cream sandwiches. 
my dear friend Chef Bobby Flay is making a very his very own oh something happened there in my notes it has very grown up oh it is very grown up I think my brain just short circuited Ugh, and then it got me out of character okay let's do this again so here we go my dear friend Chef Bobby Flay is making a very grown up vanilla caramel bourbon milkshake and finally I'm mixing up a dark rum south side you won't believe how good it is. It's my new favorite cocktail. Cheers. Let's talk about updating American classics. <laughs> okay, so I think that was, first of all, I feel like that last line there, let's talk about updating American classics. She should have ended on cheers because I was taking notes and I stopped taking notes after she said cheers. And then she's like, she just throws it on. Let's talk about updating American class. That should have came like right at the beginning. Anyway, none of this matters. Everyone's just like, just get into it, Nick. Um, so Ina starts out by saying, is there anything more American than a grilled steak and a wedge salad? I don't think so. <laughs> Which made me laugh. I was like, is it? I don't know. I think that I wouldn't think of a wedge salad as the most American thing. Yeah, grilled steak. I mean, we love our meats. We love meats. Americans love meats, except for vegans. Um, so anyway, she brings out two New York strip steaks. They are very thick. I think she said they were like an inch and a half. It was it was impressive. Uh, and it looked very expensive. Uh, so she is making a rub for the steaks, which starts with some salt and pepper. And then she puts in some light brown sugar, some ground coffee. How unusual is that, she says. <laughs> Um, and then she finishes it off with garlic powder, chipotle chili powder, and red pepper flakes. I'm surprised she has this much heat in or on, I guess, the steak. I know that she's not really, she just likes a little bit. So, but any, I, I, I don't know if Ina can take it. I'm sure the sugar really offsets a lot of that heat. So, looks great. Uh, she mixes that all together. And then she pats the steaks dry so it can get a good sear on the grill. But then she just pours it. It's funny, it's like. I guess it's for like the seasonings, I guess. It was just funny how she like patted it dry so she can get a good sear on the grill. And then she like puts a couple glugs of olive oil right on top of it. I was like, what's the point? Um, but it's fine. So it's for, you know, the the uh, the rub to also stick too. So she kind of, she puts it in like, like a nine by 13 dish and really makes sure like the entire piece of meat is covered in the rub. And then she throws them in the fridge for two hours to marinate. So we flash forward two hours, and we're in the backyard at the grill. She's, you know, Ina's a pro at the grill, so we, we don't need to go through that. We talked about grilling, God, for like the last month, I feel, with Ina. Um, so she gets it ready, and that now it's time for Ina to share her foolproof way of grilling steaks. So she had this bit that I didn't write down. She, she makes like, um, you know, she gets the coals hot, and maybe she like piles them on, on one side of the grill and that's the hot side and then the other side is like the cool side because she talks a lot about the hot and cool side here and I, I don't know what I was doing maybe I was taking notes and not looking at what she was actually doing but um, so her foolproof way to cook or grill steaks is to put them on the grill on the hot side uh, for exactly and I mean exactly two minutes she says and there's like a little like timer like a clock on the screen it's like ding 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 uh, so she turns them and then lets it cook for another two minutes. And then she puts them on the cool side of the grill. She puts the lid on top, opens the vents, and leaves them for eight to ten minutes for medium rare, which is how I like my... Well, no, I don't like my steak medium rare. I I mean, 
if it happens, I'd rather be a little bit more pink than a little bit more cooked. I mean, it's hard not to shade people who get steak well done. I get it. Like, I used to be that same way, too. And I think I think if you, like, work your way up to it, you can. But there are some people, like my grandmother, she'll never, she orders all of her steaks well done because she just thinks, I think she thinks she's going to, like, die <laughs> if, she's, if she doesn't get it cooked. But, like, it's going to be fine. Um, normally, I order it medium. Sometimes I do eat order it medium rare just in case, especially if it's, like, a, I don't know. If it's like a Texas roadhouse, I'm going to order it medium rare because nine times out of ten, they're going to overcook it. And then it's like perfect medium. But if I'm like at a really good steakhouse, I'll order it medium because they know what they're doing. It's been a while since I've had a good steak. That would be nice. Anyway, um, so she the steaks are done and she gives us one of her world fam- world famous tadums uh, instead of tada. I don't know why she says that, but, uh, you know, we'll let it. We'll allow, we'll allow it. Uh, so she has a meat thermometer, and she kind of just, you know, sticks it in the meat there, and it's 120 degrees for medium rare, so it's perfect. And she sets the steaks aside with some foil on top to soak up all those good juices. Okay, so now it's time for this wedge salad. And really, it's kind of like a sliced salad. She takes, like, a head of iceberg lettuce and just, like, it's kind of like how you make cauliflower steaks. You know, you just kind of like cut it widthwise, not widthwise. You know what I'm talking about. I'm like moving my hands as, as if you could see them. <laughs> so she cuts them into like four slices, we'll say. And then she shows us how to make this blue cheese dressing recipe. <sighs> I would try it. I will say it's four ounces of Roquefort cheese. That's that's the good cheese there. Um, she mics her <laughs> mics a wave. She microwaves it, and then she says, yes, I microwaved it. That's This is all, like, in the voiceover. Uh, so she microwaves the cheese for 15 seconds, and then she transfers it to the food processor. I almost threw up because microwaved blue cheese looks – it looks like throw up. Let's be honest, people. It just – again, my you know what my go-to is, like, who looked at blue cheese and said, yeah, we should eat that, you know? No. Um, but she, well, she dumps it into the food processor, the melted cheese, and then she adds mayo, plain Greek yogurt, sherry vinegar, salt, and pepper. Again, I would try it. I just didn't love looking at that melted blue cheese. It's like, ugh, it's going to stay with me. Anyway, so, um, she pours the dressing on top of the, uh, the lettuce. I know is very excited about this dressing. I mean, people who love blue cheese dressing, they love it, you know? There's really no in-between. Either you love it or hate it. Um, And then after she pours the dressing, she sprinkles some scallions and celery on top. And then she tops it off with, I think is like the perfect complement to this, is just like really thinly sliced radishes, like shaved very thin. Love that. I love a radish. I always forget about them because every time we're in, I wouldn't say every time, but most of the time when Keon and I are in New Hampshire, his parents always have radishes and they store them in like a container with water like pretty well submerged uh which keeps them fresh and it's awesome and i'm and every time i'm there i'm like we should definitely buy radishes and then i get home and i never buy radishes (laughs) i mean it's i wouldn't go like chomping on a radish just for like a snack you know i would need to dip it in something terrible for me you know like ranch dressing i don't know but in this case it looks beautiful so um and then she ruins it by crumbling more roquefort on top and i'm just like stop (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, she loves it. So 
back to the steak. It's perfectly rested. She slices it on, on the diagonal and uh, nice thick slices, she says. Um, and it looks so good. Oh, my God. And Jeffrey's not in this episode, so we don't know who eats this, but, um, you know, it's fine. Uh, so up next is some fried chicken. I mean, who doesn't love fried chicken? It's just, it's amazing. I just had to, like, think about fried chicken for a second. Uh, she starts out with some boneless chicken breasts uh, that she's pounding with a rolling pin between two pieces of wax paper. And then she tells us that this is the Shake Shack recipe. And I was like, what? <laughs> I just thought that was so weird that she would, like, announce that. I I mean, she's used recipes from, like, other people before, like, other cookbooks, which I guess is kind of the same thing. But, like, I just felt it was was a bold statement to just say, like, by the way, this is the Shake Shack recipe. Or maybe it was the Shake Shack recipe for uh, the... The marinade. Oh, I don't remember now. Anyways, my thoughts on Shake Shack. The burgers are great. Um, it's fine. People, I, I remember my, when I went to Shake Shack and the line was, this is like a, a very popular chain in New York City, I feel. It's where it originated. I could be wrong about that. But it's it's a hot spot in New York, or at least it was when I was living in New York like 10 years ago. Um and people like line up for hours and it's like a it's like a cute place but like once i had it i mean isn't that always the case you wait in line for like 3 hours and it's just fine it wasn't a 3 hour wait but it's it's always bumping um and they have crinkle cut fries which i like but um Keon, it's his least favorite fry and that's crazy my least favorite fry i think i've talked about fries before it's it's definitely a steak fry i'm sorry I know a lot of people like it, but um, I'd rather take a potato wedge over a steak fry. And shoestring fries are, are the best, followed by waffle fries. Um, curly fries would be up there, too. Yeah. Anyway, where the hell was I? Uh, okay, the Shake Shack recipe, possibly just the marinade, but possibly everything. Who knows? Um, so the marinade is two cups of buttermilk, a sliced shallot, two cloves of smashed garlic and then one jalapeno seeds and all she just like chucks it in she's like she like cuts it in half and then throws it in there that sounds spicy uh and Ida reminds us to leave the chicken in the marinade long enough to let the marinade sink in she recommends about eight hours in the fridge that's a long time um and she said anything longer than 24 hours in the chill <laughs> I was gonna say I meant to say chicken but um I said children but it's it's funnier because my what I wanted to say is if you leave it in there longer than 24 hours the chicken starts to break down but I almost said the children start to break down which is a weird visual but anyway um so next she makes the coating for the chicken which is flour baking powder smoked paprika cayenne pepper uh, celery salt, which I don't know about that, but uh, kosher salt and pepper, um, which is pretty good. I mean, I feel she was like, you'll, she's like, you'll be hard pressed to find a, uh, what did she say? Like a more flavorful chicken than this. And I was like, I think we could have put a couple more spices in there. Right. You know, I don't know. I just feel like when you put stuff in flour for breading, it never like comes through for me, at least like when I make it, which I just probably need to add more spices, but who cares? Um, so next is the fun part, which is coating the chicken. I feel like this would be fun. Um, and what makes this chicken extra crispy is the double dipping technique. So she starts in uh, the marinade, puts it in the flour, then goes back in the marinade, then back to the flour. And it really kind of, I don't know, you can even you can almost see it when it's sitting before it goes in the oil. It looks craggly, 
it's it's just like it really gets like a good buildup of the flower which is i mean heaven really so uh she checks her canola canola oil which is exactly 350 degrees and she's like she was like really tickled by it i was like yeah of course it is you're on a tv show i know um so she puts three pieces in and coats the remaining pieces while they cook and when the first batch is done she puts them on a baking sheet uh or like a yeah a baking sheet with a a baking sheet with a baking rack on top of it i don't know why i can't talk today folks into a 200 degree oven to keep it warm while she fries the next batch and while that's happening while the next batch is uh frying Ina tells us a quick story about how she had friends come over for dinner all the time and when she made this chicken they said it was the best dinner I ever made and I thought should I take that as a compliment or not hmm (laughs) which is funny because like uh it's like a lowbrow like recipe I get it but also like and I, I, I just picture like all the amazing things that Ina would make you know it's like was my tuna nassoise not good enough for you bitches you know what I mean it's um it's like that's the thing that you think is the best meal but really it's it's true at the end of the day like fancy food is great like especially like really expensive like high-end dinners like but sometimes you just want a burger or in this case fried chicken like it's like those things that we eat like as a kid or with our family that we're you know sometimes you just want meatloaf you know or a stew or whatever it is but um I totally get that. But Ina did say after this whole story, she's like, I decided to take it as a compliment. (laughs) We're like, all right. Um, So she gets the, she puts the chicken out. It looks so good. It really does look like restaurant quality. Like I know a lot of people are like, this is just like Chick-fil-A. And then it's like, it never quite get, it never like quite gets there. But this looked awesome. I would totally make a sandwich out of this like in a heartbeat. And I don't think she takes a bite. She just like presents it to us. Hmm. That was me humming, not not Ina. Um, anyway, so next... Ooh, I lost my place on my note. Okay, next up is peanut butter and fudge ice cream sandwiches. She starts by microwaving peanut butter and fudge ice cream, and then she lays out six peanut butter cookies on a 9 by 13 baking sheet and announces she's going to make ice cream sandwiches, which is what I just said. I don't know why I wrote that so weird in my notes. Um... And so as she's laying the cookies out, oh, yeah, this is why. She says, I'm going to make ice cream sandwiches. I mean, how American is that? (laughs) It's like, again, kind of. I see that more so than the wedge salad. I will will say that. I don't know. What do I think of when I think of American foods? I think of, like, boring shit. Like, (laughs) I think of, like, apple pie and, like, a hot dog. Fourth of July food is what I think about. I, I, th- I see like a big red, white, and blue flag. And I'm not above it. Like, I love those foods. But I just wish that like, I don't know, America had like cooler things. Like, what are we what are we known for? Like the cronut? You know what I mean? It's always like the worst stuff. Like, how can we make food as unhealthy as we possibly can? I don't know. That being said, uh, it's fine. Um... I mean, that should be, how American is that should be, like, the 4th of July branded t-shirts for the Barefoot Contessa. 4th of July? How American is that? I would love that. So maybe that I'll just make them. Would you guys buy one? <laughs> I'm just, like, thinking. I, I It would be so fun, like, to have a picture of her, like, I don't know, with uh, some, like, cartoon version of her. Either way. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, anyway, the ice cream is done. 
She scoops it out onto the cookies. She's like, it doesn't get any any easier than this uh, with the amount of effort. It really doesn't. Um, so she takes another cookie and sets it on top of the mound of ice cream. But she does break the first cookie. They don't show it. You could see, like, her push down too hard. And she's like, oop. She's like, try not to break it. Hmm. But it's, I do think the ice cream is not melted enough because you see her stack the rest of them and they're like not going down. And you can tell she's like a little afraid to, to smush them because she'll break the cookie. Um, but it's all good. She, uh, the next step is putting some roasted peanuts that she just like, I don't know, kind of like pan fried or not fried, but you know, warmed up in a skillet. Uh, she puts those into the food processor. And you know what's next is the best part where she rolls like the edge of the the cookie ice cream sandwich into the nuts. Ugh, forget about it. It's so good. And then she puts them in the freezer. So next, um, Ina introduces Bobby Flay, who is making his famous milkshake. Uh, She says, this is going to be fantastic. So, okay, this Bobby Flay, something is going on here with his makeup. If y'all don't want, this is on Discovery Plus. Well, I just hit my little lamp here. Um, it's on Discovery Plus, so I, I implore you to go watch it just for this because his makeup is crazy. And I, Bobby Hay, Bobby Hay, Bobby Flay <laughs> is a handsome man, I dare say. And this makeup, I, I, it might not even be the makeup. I really do think it's the lighting. But he looks like, he looks like Richard Gere in the movie Chicago during the, uh, the, uh, they both reach for the gun. They both reach for the rum. Oh, wait, no, that's not rum in this milkshake. Dang, it's, uh, what is it, bourbon? Anyway, anyway, he looks like that. His eyebrows are orange. And, um, it's just weird. It's like they didn't blend it out or the lighting was weird. They did, they just put too much on him. Um, I don't know. And it's it's not it's not his best showing. He still is great, like he's charming and and but he just his makeup was crazy. Now I'm thinking of like, if I had, I mean yeah, if I had like a musical theater diner, there would be like, they both reach for the rum milkshake or like a cocktail at the very least. That would be a good name for a cocktail. They both reach for the the rum. And if you don't know that song, good lord, you should watch Chicago the movie or the movie musical adaptation of Chicago because it's it is one of the best if not the best movie musical in the past 20 years, I think most would be in agreement on that. Um, It's a good movie. Anyway, (laughs) so Bobby is making this vanilla bourbon caramel milkshake, which sounds great. Like, I think I've said before, I've, like, railed about boozy milkshakes and how they're, like, a waste of money because, like, I'm never really getting, like, a buzz. It's just, like... But I think for this, I think it's just more of, like... A flavor enhancer to the shake you know I, I think it like bourbon goes really well with caramel it goes really well with vanilla and like ice cream so it's it's just like the perfect marriage of all of that I would totally order this or make it um so Bobby starts out by making his own caramel which is you know as we all know sugar and water and then he's steeping some cream to the right of that with a vanilla bean and then he adds the cream to the caramel and it doesn't sputter as much as I thought it would you know sometimes it goes like it makes that sound um, but you know, Bobby Flay is an iron chef, so he knows what he's doing, I guess. Um, and then he adds some bourbon into it and then a little butter on top of that. Ugh, yes, please. It just looked so good. And, uh, then a splash of vanilla extract. And then he shows us the cool, uh, the cooled caramel. It looks so good. Uh, and now it's time to assemble the milkshake. 
Uh, this is all done in a blender. He adds some milk, some caramel, and then 11 ounces of ice cream, which seems like a lot, but and, and also like a weird number. But he says, uh, you're not going to regret it. I feel like it's the right amount. I trust Bobby. And he doesn't blend it too long. He says if you blend it too long, it will thin out the shake, which, uh, you know, pro tip there. And he puts – so to, to build this, he um, puts the caramel in one of those, like, plastic – like ketchup bottles, you know, that like that kind of thing with like the the, the sharp point at the end of it. Um, and then he kind of just like drizzles it all over the inside of the glass. And it doesn't look great. And what's really cute, he's like, I'm I'm not good at decorating, uh, which I, I, I feel like he would be. But I guess, I mean, yeah, doesn't that translate a little bit? I mean, it's not that like everyone's running around making milkshakes every day. He's not like a bartender. But I picture there has to be like finesse when you're making dishes and stuff. But um I don't know. Uh, so he pours in the milkshake, and then he puts a dollop of fresh whipped cream on top. Yes. And just a little bit more caramel on top of that. I am so into this. I really wanted it. Um, and I'm so glad he didn't put salt in it. I was waited. For, I was waiting. Like, I feel like nowadays it would be like the salted vanilla caramel bourbon shake, and people would be like, oh, my God, yeah. Um, but I'm glad he didn't put any salt in. Um so we're back in the kitchen with Ina, and she's like, hold on to that milkshake, Bobby. I'll be right over. That looked amazing. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it was genuine. It was just funny because, like, you know she's just talking to a camera, and obviously Bobby is not, like, in the next room making that milkshake. Um, so the, at the, by this point, the ice cream sandwiches are set, and she takes them out of the freezer. During this entire segment, I thought she was going to take a bite out of these cookies because frozen cookies are still frozen cookies. Like, she would have chipped all of her teeth i was like oh my god is she gonna bite it but she doesn't she just kind of like shows us what it is and um yeah there wasn't any like eating in this episode i mean maybe she's tired of it um but last but not least ina is making a south side which is a cocktail i have never heard of but it sounds good she said it's usually made with gin and she's doing rum oh this was the rum thing that's why i said rum they both reach for the rum bone uh, so I would, I said this last week or the week before, I don't really love spiced rum, not my favorite. So I would have went with a gin. Um, but in this cocktail are mint leaves, some lime juice, uh, which she muddles or some limes. First of all, she does like, like wedges of lime and, uh, mint leaves in the bottom. She's not using like the right kind of muddler though. And believe me, I'm no bartender, but like she was using like a wooden spoon to muddle it instead of that, like sort of like circular flat thing I just feel like she would have a muddler you know um and then after that she pours in some freshly squeezed lime juice don't even think about using that artificial lime juice hmm uh so then she adds some sugar syrup which I always thought was equal parts sugar and water although wait she does call this sugar syrup and not simple syrup is there a difference I don't know. But I thought it was like if you make, you know, half a cup sugar, half cup water, that's your simple syrup. But um, sugar syrup, I guess, is a little bit different because she uses one cup of sugar to half a cup of water. So definitely, definitely more sugar in this one. So I'm sure it's different. Uh, and then she adds four ounces of that to a whole cup of rum. Ugh, no thanks. Give me the gin or vodka would be great, too. Um, but I feel like it's uh, gin's like such a great summer uh, liquor in ways. But I know some people don't love it. So, but I don't like rum either. Uh, so she puts the lid 
on the um, what do you call this? A shaker. I, I, I wrote drink maker question mark. I couldn't think of what it was when I was taking notes. I was like, I'll think of it later. Go. Um, and then she, you know, she gives it a shake and then she mixes it up and um, adds a spa- Oh, after after it's done, she adds a splash of sparkling water. <laughs> this is funny. She adds a splash of sparkling water and a little pinch of salt. And I didn't even think of this, but she's like, don't even think about putting the sparkling water in because you'll open it and it'll explode all over the kitchen, <laughs> which is so true. If you're like shaking something carbonated, it's going to like blow up in your face. But I just, I don't know why that made me laugh. I just I pictured Ina like learning from that mistake. Um, so she begins to build the south side with some ice and a glass with a sprig of mint and a wedge of lime on the side. Uh, very classy. And then she pours the cocktail in and says, now how's that for an updated American classic? Cheers. And that's the end. No big flourish, you know. I thought she was going to say America at least one more time. Well, she did say American. But... um. I, an episode I have never seen. This is a new one for me. So I was excited to put this one under my belt. And, uh, you know, I felt like it was appropriate for the upcoming 4th of July. And I guess that is it. That's all I have. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Shanov. And you can find me on my other two podcasts these days, The Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, where I am covering the current all-star season of RuPaul's Drag Race uh, with my good pal, Amanda Kaczynski. And of course, my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.